You are listening to The Gateway Church, located in Ferrisburg, Michigan. You can learn more about us by visiting thegateway.church or like and follow us on Facebook, where you can watch full services, keep up with all that is going on, and get connected. Good morning, Gateway Church. It's Pastor Ben, and I'm so grateful for you for hanging in there with us today with a few technical difficulties. And we want to welcome you to our second week of our Christmas series that we've entitled Christmas Wish List. And I know we're online and we will be for the next couple weeks, but can you believe with me that there is a Word of God for you? for each of us that are tuning in. And I believe not only for you, but for our community, for our neighborhood here where we're located in Ferrisburg and the ripple effect to the ends of the earth. So that includes your neighbors, your family members, and we want you to connect with them. We talked this last week in a video announcement kind of before, uh, I think it was Thursday or Friday, that we want this to be an interactive experience as much as we can, and we're trying to improve as we go. And I'm, I want you to ask, answer this question to kind of get us going. And I, everyone that's watching, whether you're here uh, live or even later, you can do this. I want you to answer and type in the question, or qu- type in the answer, what is on your wish list this year? Come on, let's get it out there, right? Do your part, right? Do your share. What do your kids want? Ask your kids, right, if you don't know. Or what are you, you're get, what are you getting for your grandkids? Don't, don't blow any surprises. But what's the hot toy this year? I don't even know. And I'm curious, as you start to type and as you answer some of these questions, you know, I'm wondering how this Christmas shopping season is going. I'm curious how many of you have been doing most of your shopping online. How many of you have filled out an Amazon wish list this year? Well, I mentioned last week in the service that I did fill out a, a wish list. And, and uh, you know, it's interesting. You put a wish list out there and you share that. And all of a sudden, on your front porch, you get a package with your name on it. Oh no, it happened this week. I said, oh, I got a package. I wonder what this is. And I opened it up and there it was. It was the Bergeon tool that I had asked for. Sorry, mom and dad. I opened my gift early, but I promise I haven't used it. And uh, and after this illustration, I promise it'll be under the tree and it will be wrapped. And you're saying, "All right, well, what's you know what's on your wish list, right? What is what about that?" In in light of wish list, I'm curious how many of you have ever changed your mind about what you wanted. Don't worry, mom and dad, I still want the Bergeon tool, and so don't worry. And I know that's a dangerous question to ask. Have you ever changed your mind about what you wanted? And I was thinking, kids are the notorious ones for doing this. 
They change their mind. It kind of like from one day to the next, what they want. And in our house, our son, Logan, is the worst offender. Of several years back, he was eight or nine years old. He wanted so badly a catcher's mitt. He was into, uh, into baseball, and I was pitching to him all the time. And he wanted to be the best catcher there was. And he asked for a catcher's mitt. And we said, all right, well, well we have to wait a little bit of time. And we're not just going to go out, run out, and get one. And, I'm, and I don't want to embarrass him. He's sitting right here. He was playing the drums a few moments ago. But I remember, Logan, you were crying, wanting this so badly. And we really considered getting him a catcher's mitt. In fact, we thought, where could we get one? We actually looked at a couple. And, and, and uh, then all of a sudden, we're about ready to pull the trigger for a catcher's mitt. And then Logan changes his mind. And he wanted something else. I don't even remember what you wanted, but it was so impactful in our family that every time Logan comes to us and says he wants something, we always say, well, as soon as we get that catcher's mitt, it'll be up after that. And it's just a fun, fun kind of thing in our family. And it doesn't stop. It's funny. And he didn't even know I was doing this illustration. But yesterday, he sends a text to Jessica, my wife, and this is a direct quote, and this is what Logan texted my wife yesterday. He says, any chance I can change ideas for Christmas stuff? Are you kidding me? A few days out? Come on! And I do, I'm just curious. Has anyone ever been there? How frustrated you start pulling out your hair. And it's for stories like this that I want to purpose or... You know, it, it, change our thinking this morning to believe and to kind of look at gift giving in a little different light. And I believe that what I'm about to share is a word from the Lord for you, for your neighbors, for our community. And I want to challenge our thinking. Last week, we kind of introduced this idea that the best gifts are not those that fulfill a want, but those gifts that meet needs. Not a wish list, but a needs list. What do we need? What do those around you need? Church, the greatest gifts do not meet wants, but meet needs. And that being said, I want to just challenge us as the church. The point is that this season, you can join us at the Gateway Church in providing needs. We have put uh, together a list of needs from our community. Uh, we've reached out to Love in Action and Love in the Name of Christ and uh, from Muskegon and from Grand Haven. And they've given us a list of things. When I saw the list, on that list was they needed boots of all sizes. And, and so I, with some pastor appreciation money, I had purchased a, a new pair of boots. And, and I thought, man, I can buy a pair of boots. And then one of, my, of our elders, one of our uh, deacons said, hey, pastor, you can buy a pair of boots at Meyer and get another one for a dollar. And I was like, that's sweet. So I went to, to, uh, to uh, Meyer and did that. And so these two boxes are going to be added with what was going to be given here before Christmas this year. I also have with me uh, an idea that we wanted uh, to let you know that we 
can meet needs. In fact, we're calling it the Let's Meet Needs initiative. And so when you drop by uh, to pick up your candles for the interactive uh, candlelight service, and when you pick that up in communion for next Sunday, by the way, we got a little gift for your family. But we not only have one gift, but we have another gift for your neighbor, for your co-worker, for those in your life, and we want to give these to you. We're doing it Tuesday afternoons and Thursday evenings. Stop by the church, pick up your stuff, and interact with us. Make sure that you don't miss a thing going on this year. You say, well, what about the needs within the church body? We're also have provided a way on our website for you to make your needs uh, available. They will remain anonymous, but we will share those needs, and people I believe we'll, we'll meet those needs. We're calling it the Let's Meet Needs, and I am passionate for you and for my family to be a part of meeting needs this year. Let's think outside of the box. Let's think outside of ourselves, and let's meet needs. And on that note, I'm curious, what do you need this year? Perhaps more than ever, what do you need Something we all need at this point. Last week we unpacked the idea, the need for peace. And we said with the gift of peace, or with, the, with peace, we can experience peace with the gift of forgiveness. And last week we explored what forgiveness looks like. If you missed last Sunday, you can go back in the archives and watch that message. I believe it's a word for those that are holding grudges or holding offenses. And, and I believe when you forgive, there's a peace that comes, a weight that's lifted, and it will help you this year. I'm also thinking about the idea of hope this season. And today we're going to unpack the idea of hope in the gift of another chance, something we're going to launch into, and I believe that God is going to help us this morning to get our mind around. So let's talk about 2020. We're just a few days away from heading into 2021, and for many, when you look back on 2020, it's been uh, the type of year that maybe has kind of knocked the wind out of your sail, right? It, or maybe you've stumbled in some way, or maybe there's been a failure this year. For many people, and this is uh, for believers and, and those that are strong, and, and, and for many, there are those, and maybe you're feeling this way too, that are feeling distant from God. Have you ever felt maybe like you're, you're, you're feeling like you're no longer being used by God, like you once were? Or maybe you've stopped feeling connected, and I know you're tuning in today, and, and we love that, but you're saying, man, I just miss being together, and I get that. Are things in your world not going like you thought they would? I just want you to know you are not alone. The truth is people are scared. People are tired. People are worn down, not only in your family, but in your neighbors and your coworkers. And a lot of people are living this season without a sense of hope. There's a lack of hope in our world today. And let's be honest, this is not a fun place to be in. A couple years ago, uh, 2018, we were working on 
finishing this building where we're standing here and the worship team is here. And we're, there was a big, mad rush at Christmas time to finish, uh, to, to be able to be in the new facility early in 2019. We got in the second week of 2019, a few, month, or a few weeks later, at the end of February, we did our grand opening. A few weeks later after that, we had our first Easter in our new facility, and it was amazing. It was incredible. And then right after Easter, about a month later, I started waking up feeling hopeless, feeling weary, feeling tired, feeling like I was, you know, not not 100%, and I couldn't understand it. With a little bit of help, I went away and it spent some time in Ohio and, and it got, got rejuvenated, but I realized that in that season, my hopelessness, there was certainly a dryness in my life. It was connected to a couple things. My spiritual walk needed a jump charge, maybe like yours does. But it also was not only that, but there was a lack of adrenaline. So all the things to get in and all the exciting things kind of passed away and it was like, now what? And I was feeling hopeless. And I share that story to say you're not alone. At all, at all of us at times. And if you're feeling hopeless today, or you're not feeling 100%, I want to address that need in your life. And I want to address it by talking about the gift of another chance. The gift of another chance. I believe our kids need the gift of another chance. I believe pastors need uh, the gift of another chance. Leaders need the gift of another chance. Our relationships, whether that's our friendships or our marriages or our family relationships, need the gift of another chance. The church needs the gift of another chance. You need the gift of another chance. And I want to unpack that. And I've been very careful not to say a second chance. It's the gift of another chance. And I will unpack that by looking at Peter's story in the book of John. We'll end up in John chapter 21. You can turn there in your copy of God's Word. I know this is not a Christmas uh, story out of God's Word, but it really is when you think about second or another chance. Peter, in the book of John, uh, there's a lot to unpack. I read the entire uh, book of John this last, uh, this last week in preparation, and I didn't even know this, a lot of things, but Peter was one of the very first disciples to jump on board with Jesus. He had been a disciple of John the Baptist, and when Jesus came on the scene, he jumped ship and started following Jesus. That means he was there when Jesus turned the water into wine. He watched Jesus clear the temple in John chapter 2 or 3. And he'd watched Nicodemus, the interaction there. The Samaritan woman uh, in, ch in chapter 4. The feeding of the 5,000. He was an eyewitness for Jesus walking on water. And it was interesting that in John chapter 6, when things got tough for a lot of the disciples, those that were started to follow Jesus, Peter watched a lot of people fall away. In fact, Jesus, uh, Peter mentions and says this, Lord, to whom shall we go? He's saying, look, I'm all in. I'm following you, Jesus. This is it. Peter would have been there when Lazarus was raised from the dead. 
He was there at the triumphal entry. And it's interesting, the interaction when Jesus washes the disciples' feet. Peter had a front row seat, and I'd encourage you to read that. And then there's this prediction that kind of out of left field of Peter's denial uh, by Jesus, right? And Peter's response, it says, no, no, Lord, I would never deny you. I would lay down my life for you. Why can't I follow you, he says. And in John 13, verse 38, Jesus says, answers to him, he says, will you lay down your life for me? He says, very truly, before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. That was a devastating blow for Peter, I'm sure. Then no one would have believed it in chapter 18 in John we see the denials. The first one, he's with the other disciple, John. The second denial, he's by himself. And the third devastating blow, the, ro- the rooster crows. And it's interesting that as when we study the, the character of Peter, when I've studied this historically, I have related to Peter a lot. The highs and the lows, and and, and, and it's interesting, his personality is very similar to my personality. And there's parts of that that I absolutely love, there's parts of that that I absolutely hate. But Peter's story continues after the denial. After Jesus' death, Peter is down, he's confused, his life has been disrupted, he's mourning, he's not sure what to do, and that's where his second chance story begins. Peter gives, or Jesus, I'm sorry, gives Peter the gift of another chance in John chapter 21. And as we look at this second chance or this another chance story, the key here is that Peter, what he needed was a revelation from Jesus, a fresh revelation. But what happens in John 21? Peter goes out fishing kind of back to his old way of life. It's what was familiar. Jesus, or Peter's identity was wrapped up in being a fisherman. And it says in chapter 21 that they go to the boat. And it's interesting, as you study that, you dive in, it's probably the same boat that Peter had left back in Luke chapter 5 in that story. When Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid, from now on you will be fishing for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed Jesus. And now Peter's back to that same boat in in chapter 21. Things that Peter thought he could do are now not working. He's experiencing no success. They're out fishing all night, no fish. Insult to injury. He's down and out. He's feeling hopeless. And Jesus yells from the shore, try the other side. And they didn't know it was Jesus. And so they try it just out of, out of luck or out of you know, supernatural, really, not luck. But they get this huge catch of fish. Their nets are full. Jesus took, the, took Peter back to a familiar scene from Luke chapter 5, a story from earlier. The same smells, the same sights, the same sounds. And all of a sudden, Peter is re-engaged and he's, he jumps out of the boat, and he's on his way. It's interesting that when you think of the sights and the smells and how Jesus brought Peter back to that moment where he had experienced Jesus before, it's kind of like the Christmas season. That Christmas is familiar. It's the trees. It's the lights. It's the smells. It's, it's the family being together. 
In the story, Peter jumps out of the, or into the water, swims towards shore. He meets Jesus at the beach where he, the fire is already ready. There's fish on the grill. And that's where I want to pick up our story. John chapter 21, verse 15. Let's look at it. It says, When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And we could unpack that little phrase. Uh, there's a lot of different thoughts around that. Was he talking about the hundreds of fish there? Was he talking about Peter's security, what was familiar in his life? That's where I tend to go. And Peter said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. A third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him a third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you'll be stretched out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. It was a foreshadow of how Peter would die. Jesus said this to indicate the death by which uh, Peter would, be glor would glorify God. And then he said, Peter, follow me. This story has captured my attention this season. What's happening here is that Peter is getting a fresh revelation from heaven. He is receiving the gift of another chance. As we look at this story, let's first talk about this triple interrogation from Jesus. Three different times, Jesus asked him, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And certainly, Jesus uses different words in the Greek. It's agape, then phileo, and then it's answered with agape, and then a phileo, and then back and forth. Uh, it's certainly, there's something uh, perhaps there. Some people say, well, Peter denied Jesus three times, so Jesus had to ask him three times, do you love me? And to me, that seems a little petty by Jesus. I'm not so sure. When I think about this story, I think of me being at home, being on my phone when Jessica gets home from work. And if, if I'm watching a video or if I'm, I'm doing something, just messing around on eBay or something like that, and Jesus, or, and Jesus, and Jessica walks in and says, hey, Ben, do you love me? And I'm on my phone. I'd be like, yeah, babe, I love you. Yeah, absolutely. And then she, if she asked a second time, Ben, do you love me? At that point, I'm smart enough, I'm going to put my phone down, and I'm going to say, yeah, I love you, Jessica. But if she asked me again, Ben, do you love me? I would get up, look her in the face, and I would say, yes, I love you. And I would know, because I'm smart enough, and I've been married almost 25 years, that something was up. And I think that Jesus wanted to just heighten the conversation for us, for Peter. He was going to go deep here, and he's saying, look, something is up. I wanted to reinforce this. This conversation is important. See, at that moment, Peter did not need a lecture. He did not need to be straightened out theologically. He needed to be reminded of his purpose he needed a fresh revelation from Jesus. And remember, just hours before, he was denying Jesus. At that point, Peter's dreams 
had exploded in his face. And now he's back to where he was previously known, fishing on the water shore. Giving up on the dream to walk with Jesus. And Peter was feeling like he was ready to quit. Thinking it was just better to give up. And I'm curious, this year, how many of you watching have thought with COVID and with all the craziness and the elections, you say, man, I just, I just give up. Have you ever been in that place in your life where you, maybe you've experienced some failure or maybe your business didn't take off like you thought or something fell through, your dream that you thought was going to be a reality didn't come together like you thought? Maybe you're disappointed in yourself and you're saying, man, I quit. I give up. Have you ever told God that? I quit? I know I have. Back in 2007, it was the uh, first full year that we were here at the Gateway Church pastoring. We started with such a small little nucleus of people, um, just uh, you know, 50, 60, 70 people, and, and every person that came really mattered. And uh, it was the very first time, I can remember, the, remember it, the week, uh, there was a family in the church that, that wanted to meet with me, and they went on to share that they were no longer going to be attending the Gateway Church. And the reason was because they didn't really line up with the leadership and, and didn't really, it was really the first time that someone left directly because of me, yours truly, the pastor, and I'm telling you, I was devastated. I thought, man, it's over, the, you know, this is crazy, this is not going good, and, uh, and I, I remember waking up on Sunday morning thinking that no one was going to show up to church that day. I was ready to quit, ready to throw in the towel. And when I was at my lowest, God showed up. Not only in my spirit, but people showed up. And this is a fact. I remember the Sunday up to that point in the history of the Gateway Church. It was the largest attended Sunday in the history of the church. And it was like God was saying, look, I've got this. It's okay don't worry, Ben. It's not about you. It's about what I want to do. And we moved on from there. And I think about it. In this story, Peter's at the end of his rope, right? He's in a fog. He doesn't see, he's not seeing clearly. And with his first steps in quitting, he actually takes six other people fishing, right? And And it's interesting that there's a side effect. When we quit, there's collateral damage. And we could study that, but we don't have the time to do that. But again, what happens in the story? Jesus reveals himself to Peter. He brings hope, right? He brings the gift of another chance. In church, I want you to know that that is exactly what Christmas is all about. The gift of another chance. Christmas jolts us back to reality. For some of you, maybe this is the only time of year that you tune in or that you would typically attend a service. Today on the calendar was the day we were going to do a kid's big thing here. And maybe a grandma or a grandpa would come maybe once a year or maybe even a, 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 a mom or a dad. They would only show up once a year. And it's like, look, it jolts us back to reality. 
Jesus takes Peter back to a place where he understood who Jesus was. And that's what Christmas does. Our generous God, he gives us peace through forgiveness. And he gives us hope through the gift of another chance. Anna, I'm going to ask that you come and help me out here as we bring this to a close. What we're talking about this morning is a fresh start, another chance. For Peter, you've got to know that his failure did not change one thing about his future with Jesus. This Christmas, your failure, your feeling hopeless, does not change one thing about your future with Jesus either. Have you blown it? We all have. We've all made mistakes. But God is greater than your failure. Have you given up? Thrown in the towel? We all have. But God has not given up on you. Have you lost your steam? And you're thinking, man, I'm just hanging on by a thread. Listen, we all have lost steam in our lives at one point or another. But God has not turned away. In fact, He's on the shore of your life. And He's screaming out to you, try it a different way. Cast your nets on the other side. I'm here. I'm providing. I'm bringing you back to a familiar moment. And that's what Christmas is all about. It's interesting as you unpack this story and look even further at Peter's life, that from that moment in Peter's life, the before and after were night and day. Peter was never the same. Things take off. There's a confidence there. He's more effective. There's the supernatural is at work in his life. And today, what I want you to know is that you may not be able to see the plan of God. You might be in the fog today, but God is saying, and I believe this is a word from the Lord, he's saying, look, I'm giving you another chance. I'm giving you another chance. He's saying it to me, Ben, I'm giving you another chance. It's Christmas 2020. Another chance. Jesus is on the shore. Are we ready to jump out of the boat and swim to Jesus? There's a revelation that happens when we surrender, when we get into the water. We say, God, it's all about you. Or are you distant? Have you been hardened or you're feeling cold? Maybe you've been sleeping and you need to be awakened in your walk with the Lord. Something's changed. Things aren't the way they used to be. And today is a day of another chance for you to surrender, to experience. Church, what do you need this Christmas? What do I need? What does the worship team need? What do you need? We need hope. We need hope. The hope of Jesus.
the hope of Christmas and what Christmas means. Jesus coming to earth, providing a way for us to be forgiven. We also need a revelation of Jesus. We need a revelation of Jesus. And we also need the gift of another chance. Let's pray. Lord, I'm thanking you for this moment. A second chance, another chance to be in your presence, to worship at your feet. Lord, I pray that you would do the impossible this year. I pray that we would surrender to you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Church, can I talk to you just for a moment as we bring this service to a close? If you are in a space where you have walked away from Jesus, or maybe you have felt distant, disconnected, dry, what you need a fresh revelation from Jesus. You need another chance. And today is your second chance. It's your another chance. And all we have to do to experience the hope of Christmas is we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This morning, if you don't know the Lord, if you've walked away from the Lord, you're feeling distant, I'm going to lead us in a prayer. want you to respond. Dear Heavenly Father, I'm sorry for the things that I've done wrong. Lord, please forgive me. I've walked away, or God, I'm coming to you for the first time, and I believe who you are. I believe the story of Christmas. I believe what you're doing. Even in my heart, you're stirring in me right now. Jesus, we want you to reveal yourself to us right where we are. And I pray that we would experiencing, that we'd be experiencing you in a new and a fresh way. For some, Lord, right now I pray for a fresh start, a second chance. The marriage that's struggled, I pray for a second chance. For the relationship in the family dynamics, I pray for a second chance, another chance. I pray, Lord, for the, for the kids in, in our lives that have walked away. I pray that they would be coming back as prodigals, Lord, like you can only draw them. Lord, another chance. For those that have made mistakes and failure seems to be looming, now, Lord, I just speak another chance. We pray these things in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. The way we want to end service today is by spending some time in the presence of God, worshiping once again. I'm going to encourage you to be interactive. Lift your hands, sing out loud, maybe stand or even kneel where you are. The song that Pastor Bobby and I, we talked about, was the song called Graves into Gardens. And it's an incredible song that takes dead things and makes things new. And as we joy as we experience this song together. I pray that whatever is died, whatever is whatever is struggling in your life, I pray that God is breathing fresh air, fresh hope.
Holy Spirit power into your circumstance. Let's worship the Lord together. Let's do it. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, I pray in this moment, I pray that there would be a rush of hope that just floods our hearts and our minds and our families, our reality, for your glory, for your honor. We pray this in Jesus' name. Now, church, as we close today, let me just remind you that we are wanting to meet needs. If you have a need, let us know. We'll share that, and I believe God is going to meet your need. Next Sunday, we're going to have communion, and we need you to stop by this week on Tuesday afternoon or Thursday evening to pick up your little gift from us. It's got communion. It also has candles for the candlelight service, and we want you to participate with us and to invite your friends and your, your family, and when you do come, bring your gift for love and action or love in the name of Christ and bring what God has put on your heart. There's two lists, uh, one for the north side, one for the south side, and we will take those before Christmas to bless those organizations. We love you. Let me pray a prayer of benediction and then we'll go. Lord, I pray now that you would seal these things in our heart. Lord, this, this last hour has made a difference. And Lord, I pray that you would go before us, behind us, and all around us, filling us with hope, filling us with a fresh revelation, filling us with the gift of another chance. We pray this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen and amen. We'll see you later this week. Thank you for listening to this week's message from the Gateway Church. If you'd like to find out more about our church, such as service times, giving, and ways to get connected, visit us at thegateway.church.